knows what we intended to say. And uh, y'all are, uh, my wife said, you hope it's, you pray that it's his message and not yours. And I'm just thinking, uh, I'm just trying to remember the Lord's Prayer and not not forget it. So uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's all good. And if you don't have a good second Holy Spirit in your life, you're missing a real blessing. You know what I'm talking about? Your wife. I mean, we all need a good uh, second in our life. So you, you, have your, uh, you have your program, you have your notes, and we're going to get right to it. So you see that the title of today's message, do, Don't Stumble and Do Not Be Crushed, okay? So those two kind of go together. If you don't stumble, you won't have to worry about being crushed. But if you do stumble over the cornerstone, you have to deal with being crushed in the end. And that's kind of what we're looking at today. And so we are looking specifically at verses 42 through 46. So let me just uh, kind of uh, bring you up to date. And in case you're new with us, we're in chapter 21. And Tom and I have been talking about this week. And this is probably somewhere that you would all like to have been in the last few months. But it's God's timing, right? In the coming months, we're going to be in chapter 4 of Matthew. I'm sorry, chapter 24 of Matthew. You know what all that deals with? It deals with the end time. Either the end time for Jerusalem, it was coming quickly, or the end time. So people are kind of always interested in that. Well, let me just encourage you over the next few months to consistently read verses 21 through 28. Read read a chapter a day and you'll consistently... You'll be, you'll be looking at what we've been looking at and what we're going to look at. But chapter 21 uh, kind of uh, turns over a, a, a new approach in Jesus' ministry. Instead of uh, kind of being withdrawn from the public eye and operating in private, he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the people are acknowledging him, him with hosannas. So that's the way the chapter started. He really announces his lordship. You'll remember he drove out the buyers and the sellers, He made the temple a place of prayer and healing. The priests and the scribes took offense at the praise of the children. You know, lost people will always be offended when they're in the presence of people who are praising the Lord because they can't do that. It will always be a little bit of troublesome. Jesus cursed the fig tree. He gave lessons on faith and prayer. His authority was questioned. We looked at the parable of the two sons, and for the last few weeks we've been looking at the parable of the wicked tenants. Today, the stone that the builders stumbled over. We don't want that to be our case. So five lessons that we began to look at early on, and we can really look at now because we're at the end of this parable. He had built the vineyard well. The vineyard that he turned over to the tenants was built well. Everything was in place that was needed. Now, next week, we're going to look at our vineyard. So everything about this vineyard applies to our vineyard. Okay? We've got to keep that in mind, that we have some vineyards that we're operating in. And everything has been given us, as Christians, to deal with that vineyard well. Secondly, God keeps sending prophets to the people, the last being John the Baptist. Listen, 
you, you need to be sure you're not heeding the warnings of God. Sorry. You need to be sure that you are heeding the warnings of God. Are y'all with me? God sends prophets. God sends warnings to people. We need to be listening for those warnings. Number three, all the prophets that God sends were good, and he finally sent his own son. Is that all begun to click now about the, the parable of the vineyard? God is building his church. Amen? Stone by stone, he is building his church. And lastly, we need to fight off all the distractions and we need to do what the prophets, I'm sorry, the scribes and the Pharisees didn't do. We need to come to Jesus. Amen? And now is the day to do that. So that kind of brings us up to date. So let's go straight to verse 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Now, the builders of the Jewish church were none other than the religious leader, the scribes and the Pharisees. And they should have started the building with Christ. But these are the very ones that have rejected Christ. Now, we could pass that forward to today's time. Uh, I, I want to tell you, there's, there's much leadership uh, in, in the modern church. Many leaders in the modern church have rejected the authority of God's Word, and in doing that, have really rejected the cornerstone. Because that's what the Word of God speaks of primarily is Jesus Christ. So, it's a word for us. We need to make Jesus Christ the cornerstone, are y'all with me, of our very lives. Not just, look, what, what, what many of us may have done in the past, we've made him the cornerstone of the church, but we haven't made him the cornerstone of our lives. We need to make them the cornerstone of, of our families. The Jews and the scribes and Pharisees in particular failed to make him the cornerstone. So the question is, then what's written in, in Scripture about, uh, about this cornerstone? And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So almost any time we see something has been written in Scripture, where are we going to go to find what was written in Scripture? We're going to go back to Scripture, either to the law, or we're going to go back uh, to the, the books of history or the books of, of poetry. We're going to go back to the major or minor prophets, and we're going to find out what was written in the past. Amen? Now, we have much more of the Scripture than they had at that time. 
So when these people heard these words from Jesus and they reflected on Old Testament Scripture, they knew that Jesus was referring to them. Now, two things here. Scripture convicts, but y'all look at me this morning. Conscience also convicts. And, And please look at me and listen. Do not continue to reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God, the Word of God, and do not continue to push back against your conscience. We'll talk about that as we kind of end up. Now, because they had rejected God and the cornerstone, God was going to reject the Jews being His front or the leaders of his church. He's going to turn them to side. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures? So he was trying to convince them of their mistake by the Scriptures. He says, Have you never read in the Scriptures? Then look at Psalm 118, 22 and 23. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Uh, this, is, this is a pretty amazing. It says, this is the Lord's doing. Are you with me? So, I want you to understand that even in opposition to what the scribes and the Pharisees were doing, they were trying to keep Jesus Christ from being the cornerstone, Okay? Even in their opposition, Jesus, listen to me, is the cornerstone of the church. It it matters not who uh, objects to that. It matters not. It is the Lord's doing, amen, that Christ is the cornerstone of the church. It, It is the Lord's will that the Jesus Christ be the cornerstone of our very lives. So all the, the psalmist and uh, people uh, uh, of the past has understood that this was a prophecy of Christ. He was to be the cornerstone. Not only that, but he would be rejected by the leaders of the church. The people praise on entering into Jerusalem, came from this same psalm. This is, this is where the Hosannas came from, uh, that the children were saying when he came in. In this psalm, we read this. The stone which the builders rejected has become the head or the cornerstone. It's the head of the church. The builders were the leaders of the Jewish church. Is that right? That's, uh, that's what... Uh, the, the Pharisees and the scribes were. They were supposed to be building God's church. They should, have had the, they should have been the builders, right? When in truth they had become the destroyers. If we're not building on Christ, if we're not preaching Christ and Him crucified, we're not building up, we're tearing down. I want you to understand again, it says, this was the Lord's doing. 
it was the Lord's doing that in opposition to religious leaders, Christ is the cornerstone. It's the Lord's doing. Our Lord is here compared to a stone. Please, please hear this. He is the only firm foundation. Matter of fact, there's no other foundation. The chief cornerstone of the building built for God. What is that? His church. He's the cornerstone of His church. Now, it may seem strange to us that those who seem to be builders and pillars should be rejected and thrown away, but this is the Lord's doing. Are you with me? He was ready and the timing was right that the Jews would be put aside and the Gentiles would come to the forefront in building His church. Has that not happened? The Jews are in a holding pattern. And, 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 and as a nation, they're in a holding pattern. Uh, they need the Lord. And one of these days, the Lord's going to deal with them again. Now, in, in, in times past, when the church has been uh, brought back from gross uh, corruption, uh, God has done miraculous and interesting things. And it doesn't always make sense to us the way He does things. Amen? But listen to what the Scripture says. This was the Lord's doing. God always knows when to do extraordinary things. It may not seem reasonable that Jesus was necessarily rejected as a cornerstone at the encouraging of the scribes and Pharisees. It may not seem reasonable to us that He took the building of His church away from the Jews and gave it to the Gentiles. I want you to understand again that Jesus is the cornerstone. And Jesus was the cornerstone and made the cornerstone of the church even in the midst of being opposed by the scribes and the Pharisees. God is able, able to overcome opposition. So, you know what I see this as? You know who really wanted to be the head of the church? The scribes and the Pharisees. Don't you think that happens today? Don't you think that in our own lives, wow, I, I, I thought about two words today. Secularization, okay, uh, of America and humanism. I, I, just listen, just listen. Uh, I don't like the way my body is, okay? I want it to be different than what it is. You know what people are saying? I don't want God to be God. I want to be God. And if you're God, you don't have to worry about judgment. There's a lot of things that you think you don't have to worry about. But that's where we're at. We have all, and many people, and we are susceptible, if we're not careful, of becoming little gods. But by the 
predeterminate counsel of God, Christ would be the cornerstone. Listen to this now. What's the scripture say? At a great cost to these religious leaders. They stumbled at the cornerstone. And what does he say about them? You remember back in the early on in that passage, we, we have this in, in, in chapter or verse 40 and 41. Look what it says. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Okay, those that stumbled at Christ, the, 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 the leaders that opposed Christ, what would happen to them? It says, what will they do to these tenants? They said to him, he will put these wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Listen, the most miserable death is to miss Christ and miss heaven and spend an eternity in hell in which we will be crushed forever because of our opposition to Christ. So, verse 44 says, And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So, wow, this is, some, this is some really serious stuff. But by the predeterminate counsel of God, Christ would be the cornerstone and it would be at a great cost to religious leaders. I, I think about that scripture, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, we enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. And then the next have I not prophesied in your name and in your name driven out demons and performed many miracles? Yet he will say to him, I never knew you away from you evildoers. Look, it, it is a scary thing to be a pastor or an elder because we will be judged more strictly. Think about what we're given to those religious leaders in Israel. The Word, the prophets of God, they're going to suffer greatly in eternity. And will any, that's why it says, be careful that you don't become, don't presume, don't presume or do not have a desire to, to be a teacher because you know that you who teach will be judged what? More strictly. Pray for us. That we would continue to point to Christ as the cornerstone, as the head of the church. Verse 21, 43, Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people producing its fruit. Our Lord tells them plainly that God was removing His church from their care and giving it, are y'all ready for this, to the Gentiles. You know what they call the Gentiles? Dogs. Did it make any sense to the religious leaders that Jesus would take, or God would take the church away from them and give it to the dogs? It didn't make any sense at all. But it was what? It was the Lord's doing. You know, in a, in a miraculous way, it was the Lord's doing that on September the 11th, 2022, we, we got to the place of having fellowship and corporate prayer. That was the Lord's doing. And it was the Lord's timing. People that would bring forth, listen to this, fruit. So next week, okay, if he's given you a vineyard to operate in with everything you need, you know what he expects? Fruit. Spiritual fruit. Church, 
There will be many that shall be offended at the person of Christ. His person, his doctrine, his institutions, his works. For many are offended at that, and that makes them stumble over Christ, who is the cornerstone. Ask God for mercy. If anything about the work of Christ offends you, beg for mercy that you not have that offense. Romans 9.33, as it is written, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Listen to the next part of that. But for those who believe in Him will not be put to shame. And whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So for one, it's a terrible thing. For another, it's a very salvation of, of, of our, our, our beings, of our souls. If they take offense at Jesus, do not believe on Him or receive Him, it will be to their destruction. Did y'all hear that? For those that take offense of Jesus, do not believe in Him and His works or receive Him, it will be their destruction for eternity. If they take, it offense, if they take offense at Jesus not believe on Him, it will be an eternal destiny of destruction. Matter of fact, the Scripture says they will be ground to powder and beyond reconciliation. Wow. It's a terrible thing to stumble over Jesus. We, we could pray that for our children and grandchildren. Oh, Lord, don't let our children stumble over Jesus. Romans 3, 2. Much in every way to begin, with, to begin with the Jews, and yet it was turned over to the Gentiles. Look at verses 45 and 46. When the chief priest and the Pharisees heard, this, heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them, and although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. Now, they perceived that he was speaking about them. Their conscience. What they knew. They knew that he was, he was speaking to them. They, they watched him. They spied on him that they might find something that they could take to the authorities. They knew he spoke of them. Now... These men were convinced in their own consciences that he was speaking about them. Let me just, young people, older people, if you, please do not put off continual conviction by the Holy Spirit or continual prompting of your conscience that you need to turn to Christ. Do not continue to put it off. He'd, God gave us a conscience. He sent the Holy Spirit of God and we do not need to sear the conscience or not heed the calling of the Lord Almighty through the Holy Spirit of God. They knew they had refused Him. Their lust and their interest kept them from receiving or accepting Him. And another thing that they really feared was about arresting Him was because He was very popular among the people. But you know what? 
the day was close. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, his arrest. Friday, his crucifixion. It's all about to come to a head, but it wasn't yet time for him to be arrested. And what was that? That was the Lord's doing. They wanted to, but he kept it from happening. So let's kind of, let's kind of wrap it up, and I hate to say summary and go a couple of pages, but this is really what it is. Christ is the cornerstone of the church. And all the people said, yeah. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Christ is to be the center of our lives. We are, we are not to push Him to the side. We are not to reject Him. We are to make Him the Lord of our lives. We're to make Him number one in our lives. Christ's kingdom will advance. What happened when those uh, tenants did not take care of the vineyards? He found somebody else to do it. Listen, Christ's church is advancing. Now, it may be a stone at a time now, amen? Not a wheelbarrow full at a time, but a stone at a time. But His church is making progress. Even today when it looks so dismal, His church is advancing. It has been given to a people producing its fruit. Remember, church, if we do not advance his kingdom through the local church, he'll find somebody else to do it. We'll look at that next week, but think about the churches of Revelation. Where are those churches? He's going to find somebody to advance his kingdom. The authority of the church, the ruler, the head of the church is, has been, and must be Jesus Christ himself, the cornerstone. I want you to also see that all of this, from their rejection to the advancement, to giving it to somebody else, this is the Lord's doing. Look at Isaiah 29.10. For the Lord poured out upon you a spirit of deep sleep, and has closed your eyes and covered your heads. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Jews. He's talking about the religious leaders. That's what happened. Because he gave them a vineyard, and they did not take care of it. Number four, the Jewish church has been taken from the Jews and given to the Gentiles, given to a people producing its fruits. In Romans 3, 2, it says in much in every way to begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. Amen? Listen, the modern day church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been given the oracles of God, have been given the word of God. We've been entrusted with it. We're to preach it and teach it. We, we haven't been left, we have not been left with nothing to preach. They only had part of it. We've got it all, amen? Well, the Jews had become spiritually blinded, and when he destroyed Jerusalem, he's destroyed really most of the nation of Israel at that time. 
destroyed. God will have his church on earth until he returns. Amen? It's here. It's operating. And in that church, he expects fruit. Number six, in verses 42 through 44, there's a stern warning. This is how we're going to finish up today. This is a stern warning. Look at verse 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become a cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And look at verse 44. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. That's about as stern a warning as as a group of people, a church could get. Many have and will stumble at Christ. It, it, It just doesn't make sense. The salvation of man and the way it came about just not make sense. It, it's a spiritual understanding. Some through ignorance stumble at Christ. Uh, those that's never heard Christ preached, and I understand there's still several people groups in the world that have never heard the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. So through ignorance they stumble at Christ, right? All right, now think about this. Some are just careless and pay no attention. Amen? We could turn to, uh, I believe it's Mark chapter, Mark chapter 4. Uh, we're not going to turn there, so we don't have to, have to worry about it. But there's a scripture in Mark that says this. Some struggle and stumble at Christ because we're all caught up in the things of this world. So those that haven't heard Christ, uh, the stone may fall on them. Those that uh, have not paid attention, just have been careless, the stone will fall on them. Uh, those that have been consumed with the way of the world, the stone will fall them, up, upon them. And, and in some regards, the punishment in hell Will, will be in regard to really what they knew. I want to tell you, church, the more you know, the more times you hear the gospel, the more, t- more times you hear Christ is the cornerstone and you reject Him, if you continue to do that, the punishment in hell will be greater. And, and what could be worse? Come on now, just think about this. Forget about the fire and forget about the worm, Right? Anybody know about John 8, 44? There's a fire and a worm. But how about this? How, how much worse could it get that for an eternity you would know you continued to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and rejected it? Wow. Every, every minute of the day, that would, that, that's a crushing. That is a destroying And I believe that's what he's talking about. But there are some that outright oppose Christ. Oppose him. 
like the scribes and Pharisees did. What did they want to do? They wanted to do away with him. They wanted to kill him, right? It says they will be crushed. Those that advance evil in the world. Bible out of school, prayer out of schools, abortion, same-sex marriages, all the gender dysphoria and transing, the mutilation of young people's bodies. I'm amazed. I believe two years ago, what we're doing now and just all over the social media, we're just talking about how great it is that some 13-year-olds has both the breasts removed because she thinks she's a boy. I, I believe two years ago, they'd have gone to jail for that. What in the world have we done? We have lost our minds. Listen to me. And there are people, demonics, promoting that. And I want to tell you, you just need to look around who you're associated with, who you're paying attention to, and if it's any of those people, you need to distance yourself from them. Those that openly promote evil, or it was spoken of during our fellowship time this morning, those who openly promote evil and do not speak the truth, when given the opportunity, will be crushed along with those evildoers. Those who openly oppose God and His kingdom will be eternally tormented in hell. No one who has ever opposed God or has led others astray or has hardened their heart against God, they have never prospered eternally. They knew He was talking about them. Oh, please hear me, church. If today you know that this is speaking to you, that you have stumbled or have failed to embrace Christ as the cornerstone. Well, let me get to that in a second. These people knew in the Scripture that not only was Jesus prophesying of His coming death, but He was also saying, you're the man. You're the one that I'm talking about, you scribes and your Pharisees. They knew that they were reading their own doom. They knew what they spoke, spoke of them. Matthew Henry says this, A guilty conscience need no accuser. In other words, when you are guilty and you know it, nobody has to point it out to you. Now, I think Nathan had to be a prophet, and I think he called it out to David, and as soon as David said, you the man, he knew it. It doesn't matter if a, if a prophet speaks it to you and you know it, or your conscience speaks it to you. Please, church, heed it. Pay attention to it. The Word of God is quick and powerful. Listen, are y'all listening? I don't think there's anyone here today promoting evil. I've had all week to think about that. I don't think there's anybody here today promoting evil. 
If there is, God help you, and may your conscience convict you of it. But there are those that might be affirming evil. Remember Alistair Beggs? Love everybody, affirm no sin. Let me beg you, church. Do not get caught up in uh, virtue signaling or, or, or approving, listen to me carefully, of evil. Don't get caught up in that. Remember, if I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. If you love your friends, you're going to take them aside and say, could, could I read you the scripture and could I pray for you? Affirm no evil. Matthew 18, 6, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Romans 1.32, though they knew God's righteous decree, I'm talking to you now. Though they knew, they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Do not give approval to foolishness and evil. I, I mean... There is nothing more foolish that to think that a man can be a woman or a woman can be a man. But I'm telling you, we have embraced it and we have swallowed it in America. Don't do that. Is that clear enough? But there are those here today that persist in claiming their own goodness and trusting in their own good works to get to heaven. You know what? That may just be as demonic as this other stuff we're talking about. It may be just as offensive to God to trust in our own goodness, our good works, and our own righteousness than these other evil things are. Because we're saying, what? That his son didn't do enough in his life or his death on the cross. So let me say this again. There are those here today that persist in claiming their own goodness and trusting in their own good works to get them to heaven. Repent. Right now, if that's you... Right now, I don't care if you holler it out loud or say it under your breath. Say, God have mercy on me. Every Sunday, some hear the message and will not humble themselves and come to Jesus. Their conscience, their Holy Spirit, convict them. But yet they hang on to their goodness and they hang on to their own righteousness and they'll come, not come to Jesus. 
They cannot confess their mistakes. They cannot stop talking of all the good they've done. They will not own their own sinfulness and will not embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh God, have mercy on us. Let us be aware of this awful self-righteousness. This awful self-righteous state of mind that I might think I'm good enough on what I've done and my goodness to get into heaven and stand next to a holy God. Oh Lord, forgive us. Let us repent and come to Jesus and beg Him for mercy. And when we've done that and we've seen Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that we'd be about doing everything we can in our lives and in his local church to advance his kingdom. Oh Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that continues to stumble over Jesus, I pray that your mercy and grace would fall upon them and today, before it's eternally too late, you would draw them into your kingdom. Lord, we love you and we praise you and it's in Christ's name that we do. Amen.